Welcome to First Person Seville, the podcast. I'm Charles Lewis, your host, and also the co-host of In My Humble Opinion from 101.3 FM. One night, while visiting a friend in New York City, photographer Molly Nichelle had a weird dream. In the dream, it was this woman telling me that I was a messenger. And she said, you got to send out the message. And I was like, what message? Like, what is she talking about? The next morning, Molly didn't have much to do. So they started going through their hard drive, organizing old photos. And as I was going through all my photos, I was like, wow, like, I really got some nice portraits of a lot of Black people. Like, we are not oppressed. And that's when it hit me. I said, that's it. And I realized my whole career, I have been creating work that surrounds things that are not oppressive. And that's the message. Marley decided to put together a photo essay to capture that message. In Marley's own words, they wanted to create a narrative of liberation and healing of communities of Blackness by showing them power through language and visual arts. And they called the series, No, We Are Not Oppressed. How have you used your camera to self-liberate as well as liberate others? Through the stories I tell. As an artist, it's our job to evoke emotions. Um, I had to be taught that and not be afraid to, you know, tap into my emotions and how I'm feeling because, honestly, that is what helps me create liberating work. It's not Mm -hmm. just for people, it's for me too. And I feel like every artist should have a way to where they take their pain, their trauma, their negatives, their bads, their pain, and make it something beautiful. It's so important for me when I do navigate through my own emotions and my healing. It's like, how do I take these things and put it into art? And a lot of times when I have conversations with people just in Charlottesville, like hearing, like I said, hearing people's stories, it's so heartbreaking and I'm so compassionate because I don't want people feeling that way. Like I don't want black people here to feel like they can't thrive or they can't succeed because it's so oppressing. And it's like, oppression is a mindset for real. It's really a mindset. Like when I realized that I was like, okay, I feel like the easiest way to help people is through art. And I hate that my work only pertains. Like a lot of people do tell me like, you only do work for black people. Like, your work mm. is just around, like, surrounding around Black people only. Like, why don't you, you know, have it diverse? And I'd be like, because this is a real-life reality of my life. Like, this is how I was raised. This is how I grew up. This is all I know. HBCU life, all of those things. Like, just being around Blackness is all I know. I don't want to change that because mm. I benefited from that. Like, I can go anywhere and know that I belong, especially with a camera. You know, Mm. and I want to just show other black people that, too. And you can go anywhere and belong. And I get to tell those stories behind my lens. Mm. And that's why I create those liberating stories. And Mm. that, to me, is is empowering because it's like, yes, figure it out. Now, when you have viewed what people considered oppression in Charlottesville, how has it been different than what oppression may look like in the Gullah community. You know, I, this, is, this is why I always encourage people to leave away from home because you get to see a different perspective of oppression. And when you living in Gullah culture, like, because we're really a self-sufficient culture, like, land is important to us. Surviving is, like, we don't depend on anybody to, you know, 
to provide for us. So we, we just do, we have a do-it-ourselves mentality. And so being raised like that and coming here, like a lot of times I would look at black people and be like, well, why don't you just do it yourself? Mm. And some people would get mm. offended by it, you know, like, mm. and I wasn't, I was I wasn't meaning it in like a just like a negative way. I was really trying to say like you can do it yourself, you know, and I realize a lot of people around here don't hear that a lot. And coming here seeing people being gentrified like displaced and living in the standards mm. that they live in and stuff in Charlottesville, it was really triggering for me because I I never seen nothing like that like Seeing like, okay, black people here, they're losing their land here too, just like they're losing their land in the Gullah Geechee corridor. Mm. But I also see how we continue to stick together, you know, despite of, even with being gentrified, we still stick together because we look at it from a cultural perspective. We want to keep the culture going. My Gullah community raised me to be, and to show black people, no, we're not oppressed. Like, we can do this if we want to. There's power within ourselves. So I feel like, we have similar issues from a racial perspective, but it's still different culturally. It's just different culturally. I'm trying to connect Gullah culture, show the similarities in Gullah culture in a lot of way, but use my culture because it's a liberating and rebellious culture. I'm using that through the No We Are Not Oppressed um, series by documenting these different black and brown people um, from different cultures of blackness to show diversity because a lot of black people don't know that within blackness we're diverse they think just because everybody black we all are the same and it's not that's not what it is and so no we are not oppressed shows the differences in our cultures within blackness while also showing that we too still belong although that we are culturally different now speaking of which culture land mm -hmm. uh, you recently took a trip to Ghana mm -hmm. uh, to take pictures of the experience and work to translate it back here in Charlottesville so um, so can you share more about that work including like what does oppression look and feel like in that space so the experience that was my second return to Ghana the first time I went it was I had just got into photography and I was actually learning how to I, I'm self-taught so like I teach myself how to take pictures, really, for real. And I was just like, well, I'm going to go and practice. And when I did, I was like, okay, this is a different vibe. Mm. Um, but the second time I went as an actual professional photographer, like mastering the knowledge of photography, and this time it was different because I, I actually had a different eye and vision. And I could, like, literally feel the oppressiveness within Ghana. Mm -hmm. Um not through not through race, but politically. I do feel like there's a big disconnect between Africans and African Americans. Um, our realities are always displayed through the media in such dangerous ways to where a lot of Africans look at it like we're ungrateful mm -hmm. and, you know, mm -hmm. we're spoiled and we don't. It's, I understand where they're coming from, from their circumstances and them not having the resources that we do. But then, like, I also look at our reality, too. And I have to sometimes tell them it's the same because of politics. And once I started recognizing that deeply more going to Ghana, like, my second return, I was able to, like, communicate with other Ghanaians mm -hmm. by learning, like, just having how I did here when I moved here, just getting to know the community. I did the mm -hmm. same thing when I went to Ghana. Like, I'm, I'm not here to just vacation and have a good time. I'm here to learn, like... What knowledge can I take back home to help? Or how can we reconnect to like just hear each other's stories? 
that trip really showed me the importance of connecting with Africans and Africans connecting with Black Americans and how we can just together figure out a way to like show each other and hear each other's stories because both perspectives, honestly, when it comes to the transatlantic slave trade are valid. It's not just Black people in America. It's not just our trauma. It's Africans' trauma too. Like, we have to listen to each other. So, like, what does it look like to to navigate, quote-unquote, impression for you as a Black person who is openly part of the LGBTQIA plus community? Um, that's... <laughs> that is a really good question because I have never felt oppression from a racial perspective, but I've always felt it from uh, being queer um, within the community, though. And that's the community of blackness. For me, like, I've been queer my whole life, so trying to even grow up and understand it was kind of hard. And so me now, though, in the space that I am, you know, through, I'm really big on healing. Like, that's why I created the No We Are Not Oppressed, to be a, a narrative of healing, to show um, perfection and imperfection. But a lot of people may not believe it because I don't carry it, but I do feel oppressed sometimes in certain situations, especially being queer. But I never try to show it because it's. I feel like I can overcome it. It's just navigating, trying to figure out how to overcome it to be able to be like an example for the next person. What advice would you give a young person uh, who wants to work at this intersection of photography and social justice? For real, for real, the best advice I could really give a younger person is to never think too deep into it and to always stay true to yourself. Um, when it comes to your beliefs, what you feel, what you stand in, um, and always give yourself room to grow. Everything is, is I tell people, it's a process. Uh, even though four years seems like a short amount of time to do a lot of things with my photography, for me, it feels longer because... Um, I put in a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Like, and when I say that, like, I want people to really understand, like, that is the key to success and being able to, like, take risks and and believe in yourself and confident and not expect yes every time. Um, know how to navigate when being told no, because it can be hard. Like, I tell people, I'll be like, I get so upset when I get told no for a grant. It feels so sad. You know what I'm saying? Because like, oh my gosh, I really want to do this. But it's just, you know, a part of life you have to figure out and navigate, you know, your way to to get to where you want to go. And for people who are young, like if you're young, give yourself some grace. You got a lot of time to like really grow and, and, and really grow into your art. Um, have a purpose in everything you do and just be intentional in it. Like, don't be afraid of of what the world sees and so like just dream big. You can find Marley's No, We Are Not Oppressed photo essay at vinegarhillmagazine.com. Their portfolio is on Instagram at Marley's Creative World. We want to hear your story and tell the story of our community together. Share your perspective with First Person Seville at sevilleinclusivemedia.com slash projects. The First Person Seville podcast is a production of Charlottesville Inclusive Media. It's hosted by me, Charles Lewis, and the In My Humble Opinion talk show. Like what you hear? Subscribe and follow us at imhotalkshow.org. 
This episode was produced by Kelly Jones. Music for this episode came from Epidemic Sound. IMHO music was from God Vibes by Miguel and Morris. NYC Bangers on Production.